Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where did you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm very excited to bring in my guest today, but first I must chat with producer Tony Thaxton, fill him in on the new insects in my bathroom and possibly other stuff. Hello Tony, how's it going? It's going all right. I have a little bit to add to that myself. Oh, no. By the way, instead of pretending that we're going to have like an open chat about whatever's going on in our lives, I felt like I was just going to cut to the chase and, and, and call it for what it is, which is bug talk. So anyway, I mean, what, at, what's going on with... At this point, with... it's pretty much what I expect, yeah. But... <laughs> I was having... A, there was a good stretch where there was nothing. I was like, oh, whatever they sprinkled in the crawl space worked. I am blessedly millipede free. And then in the last 24 hours, as if timed for the recording of this show, I found like six of them and three were in the bedroom. This is a new development. One on the mm. wall, one on the carpet, and one, don't let Bean from Kevin and Bean hear this, smushed into the carpet so that's disgusting and then i was like well at least they're not in the bathroom and then i saw a few in the bathroom and i did pick them up and i carried them outside and i thought who works for who in this bathroom huh so i don't know (laughs) what's going on but then i had this a new fear this morning and i thought like okay i'm on top of it I'm not freaking out. I'm picking them up, moving them outside after being shamed by a bug lover. But what if I were to step on one in my bare, with my bare foot? That is disgusting and horrifying. And then I was like, now that I've had the thought, I feel like it's going to happen. And so now that's my new, like my whole life has meaning. I've been feeling a little at sea. What am I doing? We're reentering society. <laughs> Who am I? What matters? But now it's like I've got a focus. And my whole focus is not stepping on a millipede with my bare foot. So it's given me a sense of purpose. What's been going on with you, Tony? Well, first of all, you should be like me and just wear shoes all the time. And then you're not going to have to... It won't be as gross. I... Yes. I don't... In the same way that I'm not going to hop out of bed and take a shower like you do <laughs> with my shoes on... I don't think I can become shod all the time, but I do wear socks most of the time. But there well, is at least a little protection. There. Yeah, yeah, but it's in the bathroom where the bare feet happen because I'm like in or out of the shower. Do you? Are you just like step out of the shower straight into your loafers or whatever it is you wear? <laughs> my loafers, yes. My my penny loafers. <laughs> your hush come puppies. On yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, more or less. Like once I just you know out of the shower, get dressed, shoes are on right away. So I don't know like. Why. 
Are your socks in the bathroom with your shoes? No, the shoes aren't in the bathroom. I okay. mean, I get I'll get dressed and then you know come, then I'll come out to the living Got room it. or whatever, and that's when I'll put the shoes on. So the, so there would be time for you to step on a millipede before you've put your shoes on. Technically, yes, there would be a few a few seconds there, <laughs> and uh, uh, what I would not step on would be a millipede because let me tell you, this Uh-oh. also involves the shower okay. the other morning. Uh, okay. I, I feel like I, I want, I'm going to want to guess. Oh, okay. So, but tell me, just tell me, but with, leave some hints in there. Oh boy, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to give a hint with this. I, I mean, it, so I'm taking a shower, okay, and uh, I look up. And the the bar uh, for the shower curtain is, mm-hmm. and then suddenly I see uh, something scurrying across that bar. Oh well, that I know what it. I suspect I know because scurrying is only something a mouse does. Oh no, it's not. Oh. It was not a mouse. Okay, it's it's insect. It's insect. Okay. And the the big clue is, I feel like it's the notorious gross one that no the one cockroach. Ever yeah. Oh no, because those are clicky. Like, like it like clickety clacked across your bar. I imagine. Yeah. Well, I mean, the shower was on, so I couldn't hear that. But <laughs> I will tell you, uh, after then it disappeared, and I had no idea where it went. Then uh, that evening, I heard some clicking and uh, kept seeing it uh, walking around. And then I would try and do something about it, and then it would get out of my reach. So just I eventually one. got him though. Just one, and I eventually got him. How? Um, I had a uh, a plastic cup and i basically like mm. saw him and then i i eventually got that cup over him and then, and then did slid. you take him outside i might have uh put him in the toilet <laughs> oh alive <laughs> you you drowned him well he was he was uh on his way out let's just say let's let's just say my cup placement was not perfect oh. when i set it down yeah i so. see so you maimed him via cup yeah but uh, I, you know what? I'm 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 not phased by that part. Like, yeah, just, I mean it's gross, but like mm-hmm. I don't want the gross thing in my house. So no, they are pretty gross. Yeah, um, I had one years ago, and I talked about it on the podcast because this is where I go to share my bug stories. And <laughs> Kevin Rom, do you know who that is? He was on Mad Men. He played Ted on Mad Men. He and my producer at the time, Gary, were like, oh, if you see one, you have a bunch. And by the end, they kept saying this. And then he like, like went like with his fingers, like crawled his fingers up me. And I was like, ah, like I nearly I scream. I think we have that on camera. I screamed. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it it made me very on edge of just like waiting to feel it like run across me or something. Yeah. Tony, I feel like there was something else I was going to share with you. Is Oh, I know what I was going to share with you. And then we're going to bring in the guest. I'm going to make this fast because that O suggested it was interesting. And in reality, it's going to be <laughs> anticlimactic. Okay. Long story short, we have a big tree on our parkway. Do you know what a parkway is? This is a term I didn't know until I became a homeowner. It is the strip in between the sidewalk and the street. And it usually has grass and a tree, or sometimes people will like pull out the grass and put pebbles, um, and the city owns it. So anyway, we have like a really big, pretty magnolia tree that we do not own, but that 
we um, feel like we do because it's like on our basically over overhangs our house. So Daniel mentioned we should get a tree person to come out to trim some of these uh, these trees over here, and then also the magnolia tree looks like the branch one of the branches is going to fall. Um, and I just filed that away as um, something that I'm not going to think about. And then later. I looked out the window and a branch that's normally like hangs down to maybe like 10 feet or something was all of a sudden like four feet off the ground. And I was like, oh, I've never seen it like that. Then I was standing there watching it. And then all of a sudden this humongous crack and then a whole big branch just boom, fell. And uh, there was a person out there walking her dog. She was fine. Like we're very lucky that it didn't fall. It didn't destroy a person or right. a part of a house, or a car, or anything, but all the neighbors came over, Tony. It was like the most exciting thing that's happened in Burbank <laughs> in quite some time. Yeah. And well, then, yeah. Tin horn flats aside. <laughs> it was almost little, as exciting little, as that. Local reference there for anyone. Yes. Um, I like to get hyper-local at times. Okay. <laughs> Enough, of, but it's art. Burbank is so fast. I just, I called a number last night. I called Parks and, the, I don't know, the, like, there's a website the Burbank website, there's like a thing you click on. It's like, are you having a tree emergency? And I was like, kind of called them. They said they were closed because of COVID. And then early this morning, the guys were here. So tree emergency solved a tree emergency. That's right. Okay. I'm very, very, very excited to welcome to the show. Actor, podcaster, poker player you know him as aj from the sopranos and i was gonna say sopranos but when i had jamie lynn sigler on the show she's like no i think it's actually sopranos so now i know um he also co-hosts the very funny pajama pants podcast with aforementioned jamie lynn and Cassim g please welcome to the show robert eiler thank you for having me hello welcome I could tell you've been working on that intro for a long time. Yes. I, oh, you don't, you should have seen the drafts that didn't make it. The stuff that, oh, I, I forgot to include that he's handsome and funny and has an amazing Zoom background. Hey, you said it. <laughs> I did say it. Um, so how's it going? How are you doing? Good. Everything's great. I mean, uh, Jamie, who you've had on here, left L.A., and she's in Austin now, and it's terrible. <laughs> Breaks my heart. I don't know how I get through the day. But uh, besides that, yeah, everything's fine. How are you? I'm good. I mean, you heard. I mean, you didn't hear because you only arrived just a moment ago. <laughs> but if you had been listening the whole time, you would have heard. I've got a little bit of an insect situation. And Jamie and I actually bonded. And by bond, I mean exchanged like one DM on Instagram. Because she has millipedes in her bathroom, too. Except what, why are they, you know, they're in Austin and they're here. What's going on? Yeah, they're, uh, I think millipedes are like the hottest podcast guest right now. We <laughs> talked about them. We were talking about them last week for a while. She's got them in the bathroom. She had like a baby fox in her yes. backyard the other day. She's, she's got a lot going on here. I, I just have silverfish, which is wonderful. Yes. Now, how do where are you with insects? Are you okay with them? Are you horrified by them like I am? It depends if there's a girl around. Okay. If there's a girl around, I'm fine. If uh, there's, if I'm alone, <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate them. <laughs> and you, you have but when there's go ahead. Sorry, no. When there's a girl around, you got to pretend like you know. Yeah. It's all right. I'm not totally skeeved out by this. Um, you, I know there's a new girl in your life because I've been listening to Pajama Pants. I spent all day 
or most of today. I've listened to a number of episodes. Um, and anyone who enjoys my show, please, if you're not already listening to, to Pajama Pants, go listen to it. You will love it. It is, uh, it's it's three friends chatting and it's so uh it's so good and entertaining and like there's you know you once you once you're in you need to know what's going to happen like i'm going to have to ask you about your farts in a minute but let's talk about your lady <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh you know it's interesting i for 3 years before uh this i was just kind of out of the whole dating thing so yeah i thought it would be a good idea for me to uh, not have sex for like a year and not date, not anything. Just, I was trying to work on myself and change a lot of stuff about me. I got sober like a while back and uh, some people get offended when you say sober and you still smoke weed, but to me, I'm sober, you know, Mm -hmm. compared to how I used to be, but I'll smoke weed occasionally. Um, uh, so yeah, I didn't want to date for a year or have sex. And then in that year I moved to uh, Vegas. Like at the end of that year, I, I, I was living in Vegas and I was like, you know, I don't think after taking a year off, I should fall off of this in Vegas with like <laughs> some girl who's here for a weekend. Cause I'm like, then what was the point of all of it? You know? So I was like, I had another six months in Vegas. So I was like, I'll do this for another six months. I'll go to, uh, or however long it was. And I'll go to LA. Cause I knew I was going to move to LA. And then when I got here, I was like warming up to LA and I was like, yeah, I'll date, I'll date, I'll date. And then Corona hit mm-hmm. and it was just like, you know, I was in a very small pod with just the people who I do my podcast with basically and a couple of other friends. And um, yeah, so me and Kasim, who is on the podcast, uh, we went to San Diego about three months ago or whatever. And he's like, you know, we're talking about getting on the apps and everyone's on the apps. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go on the app. It just feels like. The worst part for me was like, I don't want to pick like six pictures of like, these are my best pictures. Like, <laughs> this is where I look and now I have to like write things that people, I'm like, this is all, like I went through my phone and I had to go back about four years just to find like four pictures. I'm not like a picture guy. I'm just very like, it was really hard for, for me to just pull the trigger and get on it. But um, yeah, I was happy I did. I went the first couple of dates I went on uh didn't work and then this person i met somebody and it's you know it's been good oh i have a lot of questions um is it weird for you as someone who like america i feel like america has a relationship with you because we watched you grow up on this show um but 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 a prestige television relationship, you know, not like family ties or something, but which I'm also a fan of. I'm making a joke. Um, but is it weird for you to get on that app knowing that a lot of people are going to recognize you? Um, kind of not really. I, you know, I think when it first came out, I felt that way, but I think now it's like everyone's on these yeah things. And then you put Corona on top of that. It's like, where, where else am I going to be, you know? And right. I also think I'm very lucky to me in a way because I, I don't enjoy like fame and, and this kind of like it doesn't feel good to me. Like red carpets, I hate mm-hmm. all that shit. But, um, you know, there if you know, if I'm dating a girl who's 30 years old, that means she would have had been watching Sopranos when she was six, you know, like when it came out or like seven or eight or whatever. So there's actually not a lot of women under, you know, women in general, but women under like 
35 mm-hmm. who know what Sopranos is, especially if they're not from the East Coast. Right. So you don't like all the trappings of fame? No. And just to talk on what you said, I've also had um, people write on there, uh, you're such a loser. Like you, you're using AJ from Sopranos pictures, like <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like people who think it's not me. And girls have gotten like really like angry, like first message. Because I, I also, Kasim told me, he's like, pay for the premium. I'm like, I don't want to pay for the premium. He's like, no, because then you don't have to scroll. You just see the girls who have already scrolled yes on you. So then like, yeah, I just started getting like these messages that was like, this isn't you, you fucking loser, like blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. It's like the only girls who recognize me like talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you say, no, I am me to any of them or did you just let it go? No, I felt like, you know, that probably, that the way that that message felt wasn't how I wanted to start right. <laughs> what I was looking to, uh, you know, if I was back in the day, like how I was just, you know, like young and partying and hooking up, that might've been like a funny thing, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm looking for like, you know, a long-term kind of thing. I'm like, I don't want it to start where you're like, Are you fucking loser. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't need that. Let's at least wait for a month, two or three. till you're calling me that, you know? Right. <laughs> so are you, Still a acting. fucking loser. Are you a fucking loser? Why did you use Asian yes. pictures? Why not just pictures yeah. of yourself? <laughs> right. Uh, am I still acting? Mm-hmm. No, I kind of, uh, I kind of, from, I started acting when I was six and Sopranos ended when I was like 22. And then I, I did a couple of things mainly to like get out of jury duty and like not really <laughs> because I wanted to uh, be acting. But I told my manager like, give me six months off just to like chill with my friends and hang out. And basically that was like 14 years ago. Like I barely, I'm just like, he's like, Oh, I got these scripts. I'm like, nah, I'm all right. You know, like I've done mm-hmm. a couple of things because I've met people like at a poker table who are like, I have this script and you start talking and you're like, right. I know this is going to be cool because I think like since really my biggest and you could say only experience, but with like, steady acting was this 10 year thing we got so lucky that we were with such amazing people and the the writing was amazing in this and i have such a fear and anxiety of like what if it sucked mm. like what if i hated all of these people like a lot of people who i know do like they get these jobs and they're like i've gone on to do other stuff and i've looked around i've been like oh this is acting like i thought what we did on sopranos was acting where it was like when they said cut we all like went over to the couch and laughed and mm-hmm. we were eating and, and joking and we all wanted to be together. And it was like, oh, I'm going back to my room. Come back to my room where I've gone and done other stuff. And it's like, holy shit. You know, you see like everybody comes together, they do a scene and then they're like cut and everyone just like goes back to their camper or trailers and mm-hmm. people are like upset that their camper isn't the closest <laughs> one to the set. And you're like, we, when we did Sopranos, like literally nobody, I never heard one person talk about like what room they got put in or they like, if it was like, Hey, the toilet in my room is broken. It was like something we laughed about on set, you know? And then you go other places and you see people that are like, my toilet's broken and I'm supposed, it's like, I don't know. I think, um, the fact that nobody was famous, really, like there were no big stars on our show when it started, combined mm-hmm. with like, if you acted like an asshole, David Chase would kill you off. <laughs> it was just a, a way of like, every, every, and also everyone was from New York, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I tend to favor <laughs> New York because I was born there and raised there and I love it. But um, yeah, there were just no, n- nothing, like I only have good memories from doing Sopranos, you know, and I've done other stuff for two weeks and been like, 
man, if I was doing this for 10 years, I would be, you know, mm-hmm. I would not be sober anymore. Do you miss the craft of acting? Uh, I do. You know, I think uh, there were, f- it wasn't always like I felt like, um, wow, like I'm really acting here and doing this. There was a lot of stuff where my character was just like, walk in, be an asshole, walk out. And I was like a 19 year old asshole anyway. It was like, <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is fine, you know, but the, the times where, you know, I had some scenes with James that like afterwards I was like, wow, this is what it's like to like, really, it's like, you feel like you you, you did something different there, you know? Like mm-hmm. I was like, man, I wasn't like, they're like cut. And I'm like, did we even just do the scene? Like you, cause you don't know. It just, you just get swept away. And it's, it's really crazy when you experience uh, those things. But I did find that in poker, you know, like mm-hmm. when I went to play poker and now that I'm doing the podcast, I think it's like what I don't like about acting which is like it's predictable it's like stand here eat this save this wear this cut your hair like this do this don't grow the like you you're very like do, is what i what i love about podcasting is it's the opposite like mm-hmm. it's like okay the mic's on let's go and you, you don't know you know what's gonna happen and it's and i've definitely you know uh, there's probably like a handful of times on our podcast where i've laughed so hard i thought we were gonna have to stop <laughs> Like, and then you leave something like that, like after, you know, an hour and a half or however long we spend there and you leave and you're like, that was, that was work. Like, how is that even Mm -hmm. a real thing? You know, where there, the the payoff, I think the payoffs in acting are really huge, but there's a lot of sitting around doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Like a lot. Like there, there have been days where I've gone to a set, sat in a camper for 12 hours and they came in and they're like, yeah, we're not going to get to you today. Like, and you're just like, Okay, like, you know, which, again, it's, it's, it's a, an amazing job, you know, mm-hmm. like you're getting paid great, you're when you love it, you know, right. so it's like, if I'm on, if I'm on Sopranos, and they come in 12 hours later and say you're not needed, I'll skip home. But <laughs> if you're fucking miserable, and you're with a bunch of people you don't want to, and then you show up and you're sitting in this like, little room for 12 hours with, you know, and this is before, I haven't really done acting since like everyone has a phone in there, but like mm-hmm. basically a computer in their pocket. So it probably makes, you know, the day go by a lot faster. But back when, when I was acting, it was like, there wasn't, if you were sitting in your room for 12 hours, like you're sitting in your room for 12 hours, you know? Right. In general, do you get bored easily? Um, I think it depends. I think definitely when I was uh, younger, I think now, like I've gotten into meditation and yoga and things like this. And I'm like, no, I could, you know, I could go sit in a park for like an hour and just stare at the, you know, trees and think mm-hmm. about how like grateful I am and blah, blah, blah. But I think, you know, before I got sober, yeah, like if you put me in a room for, you know, I, I didn't want to be alone with my own thoughts too much. You yeah. Know? Um, what, what were your substances and when did that all start? So I probably started drinking and smoking weed when I was around 12 and then um later like maybe 18 ish coke started to become like and it the truth is it sounds insane but I never really liked coke mm-hmm. but I did it every night for like 3 years or like 4 years or something cuz I loved drinking and partying and that, but I wasn't like, you know, I, I would hang out with people who like loved cocaine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't even know what the only thing cocaine does is like charge me for it. But like other people, it's like, 
it's so much and it alters their whole mood and this. And I'm like, oh no, this just makes it so I can, instead of stopping drinking at 4 a.m., I stopped drinking to 48 hours later, mm-hmm. you know, and I could, and I love right. that thing. I never going. wanted the, yeah, I never wanted the party to end ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I don't ever remember being somewhere and being like, I think I'm going to go. Like <laughs> it was always like the lights coming on, them telling me like, you have to leave, like, you know, mm-hmm. get out of here. And then it was like, All right, where are we going now? And where are we going after that? And the next place but are you were you ever a party yeah i i i also i guess i am i don't say i'm sober really because i don't go to meetings um although i have gone to meetings and i never did the steps um but i did get a lot out of going to meetings um but people have been like you you left before the miracle happened or you know, I don't know. Like I still someday I would like to do that. Like I f- I'm very open to it and I feel like it would have been good for me too. But I just, yeah, I, um, you know, I don't feel like drinking was really ever my problem. However, every bad decision I made came after I drank and I just got to a point where I was like, I was, I was doing drugs, which I was very not like, okay with, um, I mean, I was enjoying it a lot, but I was like, I felt like this is not who I am, you know, like what, who look at me, like, what have I turned into? Like, I was not raised to do this. I, I had dare in school. Like I'm risking my health. I don't think I really was, but I felt like I was. And I just was, I had so much shame. And then, you know, I was, I was making the worst decisions with relationships with guys. Like I would meet these guys who, I, I mean, I already had. I already liked guys where my friends would be like, that's the kind of guy you can have a crush on. You should not want him to be your boyfriend. And I'm like, I know, but I, I'm super into this bad choice of a person. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to date him. And then I would get drunk and I'd be texting him. And I mean, I just, yeah. Like I also wanted the party to keep going. Um, so I just stopped everything years ago. Um, so yeah, I'm relating a lot to what you're saying. Yeah. Do do you ever think um, that it's like you you knew that you would never be like fully vulnerable with those guys, so that's why you went back to them. Maybe, um, maybe I I for me I think it's like male attention, especially from someone. Oh, that's a good question. Let me see if I can if I can articulate this. Male attention from someone who was never going to like really see me clearly and like me for me was intoxicating. It was like a drug. I think that I was too immature and like I hadn't, you know, hadn't been through, I hadn't gotten far enough in therapy really to like be open to a real relationship. I couldn't even imagine like my husband my my current has I've only had one husband, but the my <laughs> husband <laughs> I've never been drunk around him. Like I've never been altered around him. And that's the only guy I can say that about. Um every everyone else who I had dated before, I had always been altered when I was around them. And I just couldn't even imagine not being because I was just too much of an awkward person and I was too nervous and I didn't really know how to date and none of it really made sense. And then I sort of felt more okay when I was a little bit drunk, even though I was like a very sloppy, bad drunk. I look back on that and I'm embarrassed about who I was when I was drinking. Um, but enough about me. 
<laughs> for well, you. Well, it's because it, we are so different because when I remember the first time I, because then I got really into like Molly and, uh, you know, like sometimes I'd fuck around with like ketamine because mm-hmm. when you did ketamine on like ecstasy, you were just fucking, you know. Yeah, it's just it's amazing. It's, it's I don't want to say it's amazing. <laughs> you don't want to make people. You want to get people doing that. But right. I, I had a good time. And uh, there, you know, I, I would do like I did acid and shrooms and all this stuff. But it's like everything I ever tried. Like when you said, oh, this stuff isn't me. Like everything I ever tried, I was like, oh, this is who I am. Oh, like you were like, oh, this isn't who I am. Yeah. I was like, this is exactly who I am. Like mm. all of it too. Like drinking and, and standing on a couch and like screaming at the top of my lungs or when I was taking Percocets and I was up to like 15 Percocets a day and I was oh like melted on my couch. And it's like, yeah, this is who I am. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, oh, I'm not that crazy guy on the couch and I'm not the, I mean, the crazy guy standing on the couch and then right. I'm not the, 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 the worm laying on the couch. I felt like I was all of it, you know, and I, and I love, I was just, there was never really uh, when I was 22, I quit drinking for nine months because I couldn't stop doing coke. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to stop. Like, I was Were you doing it around um, the clock? No, no, no. Only when I was drinking. But mm-hmm. it became like, if I was working, I never did drugs, never drank anything. But it was like, as soon as, and with Sopranos, they'd be like, oh, you have the next two weeks off. And it was just like, party every night. Mm-hmm. I was the only uh, friend of mine with his own apartment. So I was only person in my friend group with their own mm-hmm. apartment. So everyone would just come over. As soon as I woke up, I would have missed calls and I'd be like, yo, what's up? They'd be like, yo, we're, uh, we're on the block. Like, I'd be like, all right, come <laughs> through. Start smoking weed or some food. Next thing you know, drinking. And then it's like the drugs start going down. And then it's, you know, three days later yeah. and I'm going to sleep. And then all of a sudden you sleep for, you know, 24 hours, 36 hours, whatever. Like you wake up in between, like take, you know, take something to go back to bed. And just it was just all like, but. I don't know. I think what happened was when I was young, I I felt like there was so much of like, don't do drugs. Drugs mm-hmm. are for losers. Like drugs are this drug. And then as soon as I did drugs, I I enjoyed it so much. And I was like, oh, they're lying about everything. Oh, interesting. Like, I don't remember hearing like, well, here's why you shouldn't do drugs, you know, because you become dependent on them and you become addicted. Then you wake up in the morning and you can't feel good without them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that was ever explained to me right. in a real way. It was just like, you know, you see this person in your family, you see how he acts, he's on drugs, like don't do drugs and, th- and this all this stuff. Your brain. Then, this is your brain on drugs, that commercial. Right. Yeah. And it was like, and then as soon as I did drugs, like that first night I did drugs, I was like, oh my God, this was so much fun. Like what now is like, all I want to do is find out what else mm-hmm. <laughs> is out there and, and try everything and do everything, you know? Right. Yes. I do. I do hear you on that one. Were there people around you who are worried about you? Uh, no, you know, I had all of my, uh, 95% of my really good friends were the guys who went home at 4am, you know, or 3am or meet a girl and leave it too. And this, and then I'd call them the next day and they would say like my really close friends, most of they weren't drug guys. Like, you know, like when the drugs came out, they would go, they would leave. So they didn't know, like they would hear from me, like, yeah, I was there for another 48 hours, you know, or something like that. But I only really had like one or two real close friends who would go on like three day binges with me or like really just, you know, gross. Uh, all the friends that I had at those times were uh the people who once the drug started, it was like, oh, call this person, mm-hmm. you know, and then they came around 
And it was like, oh, they would never be worried about you because all they're doing is, you know, they're in right. the drug game and, and wanting to party all night and this, you know? Yes. That's in, in my, uh, for me, it was a, it was a short amount of time, but I was definitely hanging out with people that like were drugs not involved. I would certainly not want to be hanging out with these people. Which sounds very judgmental. I just mean we didn't really have anything in common other than what we were, you know, how we were passing our time at 4 a.m. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it sounds judgmental, but I could go even worse to the point where, like, I if I was walking down the street and saw them, I'd cross the street if I was yeah, sober. You know, like, I too. wouldn't even right. want to, you know, there was, there was no real, uh, I don't, I don't even know, you know, there was no real like substance Mm -hmm. there and this, it was just kind of like, oh, you can party for two or three days. So can I, let's hang out. Cause there's (laughs) not a lot of us who aren't like insane, you know, like a lot of people who would party for three days. Like I never got into meth, but like, you know, meth were people who were like, yeah, I could party for three days too. And I was like, yeah, you like, I would be scared of that, you know, Mm -hmm. cause I'd be like, oh, if I ever do like. I remember when everybody's like, you got to watch Breaking Bad. You got to watch Breaking Bad when it came out. And I wouldn't watch it because I was like, if they make meth look too good, I might be dead. Like, you know, like I was scared of of that because I didn't, you know, I had only seen what people who did meth looked like Mm -hmm. growing up. And I was like, man, I I don't want that to be the same thing with heroin. Like I never did heroin because I was like, I think that's the end. You know, like if I do heroin and I fucking love it, what am I going to, you know, what Mm -hmm. am I going to do? But when I was 28... Uh, I took like 35 Molly, uh, for my birthday and that was the last I was basically like, if I, if I come out the, like when, so I, I took about 15, like right away and then cut to like three days later. And I had over that time I had been taking like one an hour ish, like just to keep things kind of cool and like feeling good and whatever. And when I woke up after going to sleep, I really felt like, oh my God, I might never be the same. Like, mm-hmm. like I was fucked. Like I, I was any noise I'd hear. I was like a dog when you see a dog like flinch and like yeah. everything was like the, every, the lights were too bright in this. And I was like, I had already, con- cause I went to Vegas for, uh, two weeks and I came home like a year and a half later or something like that. And I just like <laughs> stayed and partied cause I was like, oh, these people stay up for days, mm-hmm. you know, like. They don't have like when when I would be heartbroken when one of my friends would be like, all right, it's four. I got to go, you know, and it was like I'd want to cry because it's like, no, 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 we're this is we're, we're pre-gaming, yeah. you know, like hang out. But in Vegas, you could you could just party forever, you know, and no one looks at you like, oh, that drunk asshole. Mm-hmm. And that was after The Sopranos ended, right? Yeah, yeah. During. So- um, yeah, Vegas was a lot of Molly, like <laughs> a lot. Um, so you took 35, which is, I'm right that that's like an insane amount, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially the, um, you know, and I think the thing is like a lot of people hear me, uh, say stuff like that and they're like, you'd be dead. And it's like, well, no, because I didn't wake up one day and take 35 Molly, right? Like when I was 23, 24, 25, I was taking, you know, six a night, seven a night, eight a night. And then like, because it was my birthday, I was like, like, oh, I'm going to pop five. I'm not a newbie. I worked up to this tolerance. <laughs> yeah, respect. Respect this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I took, so I, it was my birthday. So I'm like, I got to the place we're going. And I was like, I'm going to take five so that when we get there, like I'm fucking on another level. Yeah. I took the five and like, 
you know, a couple hours later before we left for the concert, I was like, I, I want another five. Like I want to be on the moon, like for, in Madison Square Garden, you know? And um, should I take another five? And then I'm like, oh, just in case I start going down or we end up somewhere else afterwards, I'm like, I'm going to take this ginger ale bottle and fill it with some tequila and put five more in there. Jeez. And I could just sip on that if, you know, things start to go down at all. And right when we got to the door at Madison Square Garden, some guy, like I was on it. I'm like, everything is like, you're just like vibrating your teeth or, oh, I loved it. Uh Yeah. I I was, you know, but I don't obviously like, I don't recommend this. Don't do it to anybody. It's horrible. But uh, yeah, I, I was feeling great. And I get to the door and somebody was like, hey. And it was just one of those moments where like you're on drugs and your heart just sinks and you're like. You're like this. You don't know why, but you're like, oh, this is it. It's over. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in trouble, or like, it's the cops, or whatever. And there's a security guy, and he was like, uh, you can't bring that bottle in. And it was the tequila. And I was so relieved that, like, I was still going into the concert and everything. I just drank the tequila with the uh, five more Molly. And by the time we were uh, at my seats in the garden, I was fucking, <laughs> I was just on a nut. Like, it was real. It was crazy. It was really crazy. Yeah. And like, I have photos of me from that night and it's like, I have like sunglasses on and a scarf around my neck. And like, you could just, you, you see me without even seeing my eyes and you're like, oh, this dude's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And then you woke up. Oh, wait, you said you woke up and you thought you might be changed. Yeah. I was just, I was like, you know, I was to, to quote Jamie's husband. He loves to use this word. I was rattled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I was just, everything was bad. I couldn't eat. If I tried to eat something, I would throw up. So this is uh, Monday and uh, it was my birthday. So this girl that I was seeing at the time was like, I'll take you to dinner on Thursday for your birthday and cut to Thursday. And I'm still like throwing up. Like oh, I just wow. feel like shit and everything is bad. So I'm like, I have to go to the doctor. I go to the doctor and my doctor is like, when is the last time you ate a vegetable? You know, like, and I'm like, I don't know. You know, like there's uh broccoli and chicken and broccoli or whatever. Like sometimes I'll have that. I don't know. And he's like, yeah, you need to, because I, I hadn't eaten anything. Like I couldn't keep anything down. Mm-hmm. He's like, go to this place, this juice place, and just get like something easy, like apple, you know, vegetables and whatever. And I'm I'm looking at him like he's insane. Like I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? And he's like, just trust me. So I go to this place, I get this juice, and it was like I felt like I was high. Mm-hmm. Like my body was just like, like taking all the stuff in, and I felt so good and that was like the first day of you know just completely change like changing everything and then i started doing yoga and meditation and working out and being in like wanting to be out in nature and then just totally changed it just changed it was crazy it was like the smoothie that changed your life (laughs) it really was yeah that's (laughs) so wait did was that the end of you using yeah that was eight years ago and then since then, I've smoked weed. And, you know, wow. I actually had this really weird thing where I was out at dinner with a bunch of friends after I had like three years sober or whatever. And uh, some, like I got a, a soda water, you know, and uh, why can't I think of the name? Like club soda. Yeah. So uh-huh. I'm like club soda. And when the waiter put the club soda in front of me, like we were on a rooftop and it's like a hot summer day. And like I took a sip and it was um, vodka soda. Oh, and all of my friends that I was with like freaked out and it was like this whole big thing. It was like like when something catches fire, you know, and mm-hmm. people are like, whoa, whoa you got to get it. Like, you know, yeah. it was, like this big commotion. 
And I just like, I went, I was single at the time. And like, I went home that night and I was laying in bed and I couldn't handle the like uncertainty of like, wait, what would happen if Mm -hmm. like, because that was so crazy that I was like, I wonder like, I need to know if I have a drink right now, does it all, is it like dominoes where they just all fall and then it goes right back to whatever? Or cause mm-hmm. I really felt like I was over it. Like I was right. like, um, I know when you're an addict this, but I just felt like for me drinking, like I was done. I didn't want to feel like shit anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do this. We're like, you know, maybe like let's try a painkiller. Like that doesn't sound like a good idea, you know? But, uh, I was like, I just have to know. So I called up my best friend and his girlfriend and I was like, yo, let's go to dinner tomorrow or whatever. And I was like, I'm just going to have a glass of wine with you guys. Cause I need to know, like, I was never a wine drinker. I was mm-hmm. like, I just need to know what's going to happen. And I was like, Hey, we might have a fucking awesome night. Like I, I might, I might have an awesome three days. Like I might, if I do this, like I, I know where I'm at, where I stand mm-hmm. with this stuff. And like, I took three or four sips of the wine and I was like, yeah, I think I am where I thought I was, you know? And I was like, I don't want to drink mm-hmm. anymore. I don't want to be drunk. And it was just, it was something that was really like, it, it, I think it wasn't more than like one day where I was sitting on it, but it was just a couple of days where I was like, I don't like not knowing who I am mm-hmm. in that way, because I really felt like I was this guy who could take a couple sips of a drink and be like, I don't yeah. want this. I wasn't the guy that everybody was like screaming like, oh my God, he's going to fall off the wagon. And right. I was like, uh, they're talking about me. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that way. That's not me. Like, I don't know. It was, it was a really strange thing, but I had a couple sips of wine, didn't want anymore, like went home, nothing. And I had never been able to do that before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, three or four times after that, I had been at dinner and somebody was like, this is a 1929, like, you know, one of those things. And I was like, oh, I'll take a sip, you know, mm-hmm. and like took a sip. And I was like, yeah, I'm just not interested in like doing that shit right. anymore. And again, like a, a painkiller. I think it'd be a bad idea. You know, I think like, don't try that. But I'm just, I really feel like I'm done much like I was done with cocaine when I was 22 or 23. I've just, I like drinking is it's, it's not, I I don't want anything to do with it anymore. Had you planned for the 28th birthday to be a last hurrah? Yeah, I I planned on it to be like, Hey, we're going to start chilling out. Mm -hmm. Not so much like, um, I'm done. But I was like, I don't want to keep, you know, I was doing Molly like uh, two days a week, you know, and I was like, I can't, this is bad. Like this feels mm. bad, you know, like I, I, I don't want to keep doing this. And um, yeah, but when I was, the problem was it took me coming back to New York because that was right after I got back to New York from living in Vegas. And like when I was living in Vegas doing Molly two days a week, it was like, oh, you're only doing Molly two days a week. you know. But then when I got back to New York, my friends were like, yo, you're doing Molly twice a week. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, yeah, so, you know, and it again, like I would go on these binges, benders, whatever. So it would be like, you know, Friday, Saturday, I was doing Molly or like Tuesday, Wednesday, I was doing Molly, but I was staying up the whole time just doing it and drinking like. I remember there were people would talk about like, you know, Andre the Giant would drink a hundred beers and everyone was like, oh my God. And I was like, so like I could drink a hundred beers. But what I realized was Andre the Giant would have a job, like (laughs) work all day, Mm -hmm. do all this stuff that he'd get home. And from like the three or four hours before he went to bed, he would drink a hundred beers, you know, where I would be partying from like Friday to Sunday, right? you know, and I, I didn't have a job. I would sleep for 24 hours after that. Like I, like, you know, from 23 or four until 28. And even before that, like my life was just revolved around partying. Um, did, did James know? 
no, he knew that I like to like go out and have a good time, but he didn't because you know I was doing things like gambling, playing poker, where people would people were always come up to me worried about that, mm. and I'd be like, "Why are you worried about that? Like, I don't." I would go to casinos with people and see them play like blackjack and roulette, and I'd be like, "Oh, you're throwing your money away. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just." gambling or whatever where poker is like a skilled game you play against other people you're not playing against the casino where the casino like right if you lose a million dollars or win a million dollars playing poker the casino doesn't benefit you mm-hmm. know it's all you do it from other people so it's uh yeah people were always worried about me gambling and and nobody really ever was worried about me partying because the only people who would see me party were people who partied mm-hmm. you know so you said that you didn't want to be alone with your thoughts at that point um like what were you if you were trying to escape something, what was it? You know, I think there was a lot of um, – there was a lot of chaos in my life when I was young. And then when Sopranos hit and we'd go to these award shows and like all – that, like everything was so crazy. And, you you know, anywhere you went in New York, people were like, oh, my God. And there's like all this attention and stuff that like when I, – and I, I didn't uh, – like it. And then when I got arrested when I was 16, I got a lot of negative attention. Mm -hmm. And it was like the most famous I ever was for like two months. It was like, I was on the cover of the paper and people were, it was like when you see pictures of like Kim Kardashian walking down the street and there's just like flashes everywhere. Like when I was only when I was like getting out of the fucking jail and like that kind of shit, it was like, you couldn't even walk like all these people. And I remember that was the time where I was like, I don't want to be fucking famous anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't like this, but I love what I'm doing. I love Sopranos. I love being the only person in my, like, you know, people I grew up around where it's, oh, you're making it out, you know, mm-hmm. like do, do the, so it was a really weird tug of war. But I also think there was this, like, you know, I really enjoyed sitting in the park with my friends, drinking like two forties, smoking a blunt and going home. But then when I turned 17 and it was like, Go, we'd go to these nightclubs and I'd be in there and I'd be like, I fucking hate this. Like people are stepping on my shoes. It's noisy. You can't talk this. But then when I would drink and do drugs and stand on the couch and like scream the words to these songs and there were girls everywhere, it was like, this is the greatest place in the world. So I just, I always admired like the rock stars and like that lifestyle. So I was like, oh, I thought that's what I'd want. But to for me to actually enjoy it, I had to be fucked up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So it was weird. And obviously like I had other, you know, shit in my childhood whatever but i really i was never i i think because there was so much chaos in my childhood i was comfortable in the chaos you know like when we go to if somebody would pass away and you go to a funeral and people go all right we're going to the bar like like in between the the whatever i'd be like are you nuts like if i start drinking right now like shit like who knows like we're at a fucking funeral like i was never the guy when things were bad i wanted to drink it was always like Hey, if people were like, Hey, we're going to have fun tonight. I was like, Oh, well to really the fun that I've had, like to, to reach that hundred level that I'm looking for is like, I could only be fucked up because the truth was real fun to me was like sitting on the couch with three of my friends laughing, but there was something about like, now I fully accept that. But when I was young, it's like, no, that's not enough. Like mm-hmm. you're not doing anything, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I feel like I've, I, I get into that trap with uh, like now I might be too far the other way because I get into the trap like with a girl where a girl's like can we go and like do stuff you know like I want to do that and I'm like oh I just like but we had such a great time last night just like joking around sitting here we watched a movie and this but so yeah I think I'm too far the other way where like I just accept 
you know, especially after Corona and, you mm-hmm. know, but I didn't need Corona. I'm, I'm a, I'm a dude who like, I like to chill now, you know, mm-hmm. I'm very comfortable and I'm grateful and I'm happy and I'm, you know, what was the, God. you mentioned there was a lot of chaos when you were, when you were young, what kind of chaos? Yeah, it was just like a lot of, uh, family stuff, a lot of people drinking, a lot of, um, you know, I think my parents had me when they were young, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, 18. And I don't think, you know, I was 28 before I even realized there was like, uh, different, like I, I was dating this girl, I remember, and she, we got into an argument and I said, uh, you know, like it was right in the beginning of the argument where it's like, oh, where is this going to go? And she said something and I said back, like, your whole family hates you. <laughs> and she was like, what? Like, and I was like, what? And she's like, uh, and, and what I said to her a couple of minutes later was like, we're, 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 we're arguing. Like when you argue, you say whatever you want. And then later it's okay. And she's like, no, that's not how life works. And I was like, well, that's how my whole life has been. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I grew up around, which was like the fights in my house were real fucking crazy. And then no matter what happened, three hours later, it was like, you hungry, you know, or there was some sort of like peer, like you want to watch this thing. And you're like, holy. And, but you know, now I see that as crazy where, you know, when I was 13, 14, 15, say you start to be like, oh, this, this is normal. Like, this Mm -hmm. is how people fight. And that's just what I thought. And it took, you know, seeing how other people lived and seeing other people's parents and being like, oh, like in my family, every man in my family, it was like, they couldn't wait to get away from their wife. You know, (laughs) it was like that whole vibe. And I thought that's what a relationship was like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, yeah, that's the wife, you know, like the, the, like the old school jokes of like the ball and chain or the, this, but that's how it was. It was like, it was like, oh man, you know, she's going away for two days. Like now I could have fun and be myself and this. And I remember looking at it from the outside of being like, well, then why are you together? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand. But then, you know, I'm sure if I never, maybe, I don't know if, if I never, got Sopranos and never had a chance to go to a, you know, a a therapist or if I never did that, if I just stuck in the ways of a lot of people who I grew up with, uh, I would still think that was normal. And I would think people who were in therapy were the crazy people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also grew up around, um, a lot of rage and didn't realize how this is not how, everyone's parents are like this is like in my house it was referred oh oh, that's just angry words like angry words was like a a a, an accepted phrase in my house for saying something just mean and awful to someone that you then took back oh those are just angry words and it's like no (laughs) so um yeah where did you uh, grow up um orange county california yeah what about you new york city in Manhattan? Yeah. So there's, um, you know, like there's, uh, the gift of imperfection. I think it's like Brene Brown Mm -hmm. and she talks about like, it it really like hit home for me when I heard this, but it's like people who go through like the trauma when they're young, they associate it with being young and vulnerable. So then when they grow up and they start to have relationships with people, people who make them feel vulnerable, they look at as like, oh, I don't like that person. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Or I I don't, I don't, that person's fake. Like that's what I was told growing up, like really nice people, they're fake, (laughs) you know, because 
when you would be around really nice people, you'd have to let your walls down. Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't, they didn't want to fight. So you couldn't fight. We're like, I knew people in my family who married people who they hated. Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, 15 years from now when, or 10 years from now, when they get divorced, they're just holding that. Yeah. Well, I never fucking loved you anyway. Like that's, that's all they're, they're just holding that in their fucking back pocket, like ready to go. So they never have to be right. vulnerable again. And like, you know, it's, it's still hard for me. You know, mm-hmm. it's still, there's times where like, I still meet people who are really nice. And I'm like, what the fuck is this person's problem? Like, you know, like what, like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, what, what do you want? What are you trying? And it's like, right. Like, oh, what are that's they trying my, to do? Right. Where that's just my defense mechanism being like, whoa, like this person is asking about you and, and want, and just, just being a, nice person you know it's it's really crazy it's really crazy i think i'm pretty nice are you wondering what i'm up to (laughs) well not not so much now because i think i i think it's uh when when people tell me that people are nice people i accept it it's when you first meet somebody and like at a you know at like a store Mm -hmm. and they're like hi sweetheart how are you and you're like what like you know but but through friends i will accept you know if somebody tells me like (laughs) Oh, this, you know, this person's a really nice person. Now I, I, I go in with, uh, with positive thoughts. <laughs> right. Well, listen, everyone, Allison Rosen's your best friend is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Whether you're struggling with anxiety or depression, need help with relationships or having difficulty meeting your goals, online therapy might be for you. BetterHelp helps you assess your needs to match you with a professional licensed therapist. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Um, if you've listened to my show for any amount of time, you know how much I believe in therapy. I think that everyone can benefit from therapy if they're open to it, um, whether you have like big things you're working on or just like refining things. And um, BetterHelp is really great. It's And also, they match you with a therapist um, if you feel like that's not the right person for you, you can switch uh, as many times as you want, no extra charge. So you don't have to feel like, oh, this is a commitment. What if it's, what if I don't like it? What if I'm, because that's a very common thing people feel when they're starting therapy. Um, don't worry, BetterHelp has got you. Uh, it's, and also, BetterHelp is more convenient and more affordable than traditional therapy. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash best friend. That's betterhelp, better H E L P.com slash best friend. And I also want to tell you guys about Raycon. Uh, whether it's for work or play, a lot of us are going to be on the move again this summer. Thank goodness. Uh, so my advice to you, take your Raycons with you. I have been listening to a lot of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm just in a real Jesus Christ Superstar phase. I can't stop listening to the album. And uh I don't want to be without my favorite hip new soundtrack. And I <laughs> stop laughing, Tony. I, I was thinking, uh, sorry, I got distracted. I was thinking yeah, something else. I, I, it's what all the young kids on TikTok, they're all setting their talks to Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> and I listen to it on my Raycon wireless earbuds. You get crisp, powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycons look great and feel even better. They come in a range of cool colors and with customizable gel tips included for a comfortable in-ear fit. And they're built to go wherever you go 
with a quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing and a compact charging case. Listen up. Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for my listeners, and here's what you've got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash best friend. There you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order, and it's such a good deal, you'll want to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash best friend. Again, that is buyraycon.com slash best friend. Okay. So Rob, you mentioned your arrest uh, when you were 16, which I know like a tiny bit about, but um, but what happened? What's the story? Uh, I mean, I grew up in New York City and it was like you hung out in the park, you know, and like I got arrested and like processed once. I'm shocked that was the only time I was <laughs> arrested, but it's like you're in a park, you know, so there's like so much shit going on all over the place. And then, you know, unfortunately, I was drinking and not, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to fucking it put it, but like burglary, you, you, right? Yeah, but it wasn't, you know, like I never touched anybody. I never said anything uh. to anybody. It was one of those things where like I was in the park. Uh, I was with I was with a group of people. Someone did something, and when the cops showed up, I was there with weed in my pocket. Oh, that's yeah. And it was like, and the kids who got robbed said he didn't do anything, mm. like talking about me, and they didn't give a shit. And I don't know if it was because they clocked me from Sopranos, if they were just grab, but they let a bunch of people go who were there, and right. they took four people in, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was just fucking crazy. But again, it's like there was so much crazier shit that has gone down in the park while I was there mm-hmm. that like, you know, p- part of me was like, wow, I, uh, you know, as fucked up as it is, like it's a relief that this was the, th- you know, like kids would fucking hit kids in the head with skateboards yeah. and like knock their teeth out. And, and this was just like shit that would go. I remember one time like this kid threw a fucking bottle and he didn't know that there was like two parents over there with a baby and he threw like a 40 up in the air and it like smelled oh my god God. just like the the craziest shit uh would always go down there and um you know yeah it sucked but again it's one of those things where like it changed my life because i was like oh now i have to not only be careful about me and what i'm doing i have to worry about every fucking person who's around me and that just started a thing too where i was like I can't be hanging out in the park getting fucked up anymore and just not being aware of what's going on. So I started mm-hmm. hanging out with older people who had their own apartments. And I was like, okay, now I could get fucked up again. You know, I could <laughs> hang out here. And I love get that like up. the problem for you in this scenario was location. <laughs> this was a, yeah. It was one of location. Um was that so okay, so that's nuts that was that accurately reported at the time? Because I don't oh, think there were there were people saying that I was smoking crack that like I literally I had like a gram, which anybody who doesn't know, like twenty dollars worth of weed is like the size of, you know, two sizes, two, like both of your thumbs put mm-hmm. together, like that much weed and uh, a bowl to smoke it out of. And the cops came and and, you know, like there were reports. My the one that pissed me off the most was one said. Robert was screaming from the jail cell, don't you know who I am? <laughs> and the, the truth was, which seems to now, when, and it's funny because this changed my life too, because it was like, anytime I saw anything after that, I was like, oh, that's a lot. Like, they always say people say that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I've been around a lot of celebrities. I've never heard a celebrity say, don't you know 
who I am. Right. But I did the opposite when I went there. I gave them a fake name. Mm. And like, I tried to pretend like, man, I'm just like one of the kids like with these guys and trying to get out of it. And we were just like sitting there fucking quiet, like thought our parents were going to have to come get us or something. Cause we had just turned 16. And anytime you got in trouble before that, your parents came and got uh-huh. you. But now because we were older than 16, you got processed. And, uh, yes. Yeah, so, and there, there was things saying, Oh, I had a crack pipe on me. And like, listen, I, you hear me talk about drugs. I have no problem with it. I've never smoked crack. I've never held a crack pipe, you right. know? And, um, then there was, then the other crazy thing that bothered me was they went like the news team went around to all the bars in my neighborhood and I was 16 and I think maybe I had been to one bar one time, but they were going to like bar owners, including a bar that was right across the street from my apartment. And they were like, yeah, he's in here all the time getting fucked up and he's, He's this and saying all these things about me. And I remember looking at it and being like, first of all, I've never been to this bar. There were some of the bars I was like, I don't even know where this is. Mm-hmm. Like it was like some old timers bar where like, you, you know, like no, I, I don't even know people still went in there. Right. And um, it was, what was the point of my story? Oh, but the other thing was, I'm like, how are these guys saying they let a 16 year old yeah. into their bar all the time on the news? <laughs> like, aren't right. they the fucking assholes? Like, well, I don't understand. There were people from my building on the news and under their name, it would say childhood friend. And it was Mm. literally people who like I saw in the elevator and they would be like, you know, they basically went around interviewing everybody. And then the one person they would get to say the fucked up thing is like, they would piece that together with like the one fucking bar owner, the one person in my building, the one this, and it just made me seem like the worst fucking guy. Mm. Like, and I just, and like, you know, I remember it was like childhood friend says like, doesn't know what his problem is like and i'm like i don't even know this person's fucking name like yeah. and it just it it, it drove like it's being gross. 16 and just having what happened to me happen was something that i was like okay you know i fucked up i i understand like i mean i did hang out with the wrong crowd and whatever but again it's like i'm 16 where am i supposed to go like mm-hmm. where am i supposed to be at nine o'clock at night on a saturday i guess in new york city home like uh, okay at 16 like I, I don't really know but um yeah, it was just, it was so crazy to see. And then I remember like, that was a big part of when I was like, like, I was never a person who was like, I want to be famous and I want to do all this stuff. But I remember that being the thing of like, I never want to even take my fucking picture again. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't, I don't want to be around any of this shit. But luckily, you know, all the people from Sopranos right away, like reached out to me, reached out to the judge. They were like, this kid is nothing like, and like, mm-hmm. you know, there's the obvious thing of like, why would he steal $40 from somebody uh, with four other kids. So like he did this for 10 bucks, like, and he's ne- like, I don't know. There was just a lot of shit. And like, you know, before that I had done like, uh, things for like the special Olympics where like I rode a bike, like for all of us. And like, no one ever said a fucking word about it, which is fine. Like, I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't like, I'm doing this for mm-hmm. this thing or like raising money for firefighters or, or police or whatever you're doing. And then it's like, as soon as I did this to see it was like, Oh, this is what people fucking want and care about and like i felt bad for my family and like i have all younger brothers and sisters i'm like this is fucked up for them like Mm -hmm. i i don't care like i could walk around the street and because nobody ever and this is before the internet so it's like nobody ever said shit to your face bad 
You know, like right. you walk, you walk around your whole life and no one's ever like, you know, sometimes you get like a bar, like, yeah, fuck you. Or like Soprano sucks. And you're like, yeah, okay. It's the best show on TV. But, <laughs> you know, like, uh, okay, sure. I'm going to say like, what am I going to get upset with this guy? Like, right. you know, fine. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I can't imagine now the shit people go through. I mean, I can, because we have the podcast and whatever, but like dealing with, you know, people caring about like what people say on social media, it must be tough if, if you care, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I don't care, you know, and I actually think like a lot of the stuff is funny and I'm like, yeah, that's true. You know, like I see <laughs> shit and I'm like, yeah, I do do that or like whatever. But, you know, I think being 36, I'm still young, but, but, you know, being 16 and having to deal with that, mm-hmm. it must be, uh, it must be crazy. So does it really not bother you at all? Like anything you see podcast related or any social media critiques or anything like that nothing bothers me um about like when people say bad things about me what really bothers me is when people say dumb shit and i'm like oh this is who i'm entertaining like this is this is who's watching this show like I remember there was – because, like, listen, sometimes people are, like, you know, in the beginning, they're, like, you guys are, like, right after Corona, I think it was a big thing. Like, you guys keep cutting each other off. Like, why don't you let each other speak? And I was, like, oh, thanks. Like, yeah. Like, like for sure we we do. And and, and for people who are listening, that must suck. And, like, I, w- I want to hear a lot of this shit. And um, – but, like, you know, funny jokes I love. But I remember I said uh, we had – you know, our first episode had, like, 250 listeners i think mm-hmm. and now we're like you know we're hitting i think we average like thirty-five thousand, which mm-hmm. is like you know wow you know it feels really it's cool but when we were around maybe like a thousand people or something like that i somebody said something and i i was talking about like a sponsor or whatever it was right when joe rogan signed a hundred million dollar deal oh yeah and i was like i was like well if this, I go, they're going to have to give us more than Rogan. I go, we should, I said, we're, we're probably like a 200 uh, million, maybe $250 million podcast at this point. And we just kept going with whatever. And somebody wrote in the comments, hey, man, like you think you deserve more than Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan and started listing. This still gets me nuts. Like I start to get fucking crazy thinking about this guy. They started listing Joe Rogan's statistics. Like he gets 7 million uh, viewers on YouTube alone. Then he gets this many million on oh here. He gets, th- this is his total number of views ever. And then they started like talking about my thing. I'm like, you're watching my pod thinking, I don't know this. Like you must be insane. Like, but like that stuff will, will stick with me. Like I'll walk around all day being like, this guy thinks. Like, I don't know if it's that people don't know when you're kidding and that's the thing that bothers me or that like, that's such a dumb thing. I don't, I can't really figure out, uh, why, but like people talk, because here's the thing I think about when people talk shit, right? Is like, I, I think about when I was younger, even sometimes if I talk shit about something now, it's like, you, you see the thing happen, you talk shit and then you move on and you're on to your next thing mm-hmm. where like people see the shit talk. And they're thinking about it for hours and yeah. days. And this, and if they went and said to that person, like, when you said this on my video, it made me feel – like, that person would be like, oh, what I say? Like, you know, like, they don't remember it. Right. So it's like, why am I – like, I know when I've said shit before of, like, you know, there's been TV shows that I love where I'm like, I hate this character. 
And then if Same. I hate that character, it doesn't mean anything to me. Like I don't, if I, if I might have said somewhere I hate that character and they heard it and they were upset, it would be like, why do you, again, same. I, I said, have that too. Like, like there are, you know, certain plot lines in the fourth season of, I don't, I'm making, by the way, I'm making, I'm, this is hypothetical, like, or whatever, where I like, I don't love the direction this is going, but I wouldn't want the show to actually change for me. I'm just saying how I feel about it. Right. And, and part of the fun of like watching art or entertainment or this is expressing your yeah opinion about it. Or, you know, like, oh, this episode was this, or this felt that way. But like, you know, because Jamie will take some stuff mm-hmm. to heart and like she really will let some stuff affect her. And like I've said to her before, like I think she's a lot better now, but before I've said to her before, like if you were driving by in a car and like I pointed to somebody standing at like a bus stop with seven other people and I was like, you see that third person? Like they, they don't like you. You'd be <laughs> like, so? But when you read it on the internet, yes. for some reason, it just, and, and I also I've said to her like, if you were in, let's say, Japan, and you were walking down the street, and somebody yelled at you in Japanese, like, you fucking suck, like, you're the worst actor, whatever they would say to anyone, you know, like, you, you're fucking terrible, like, you would just hear a bunch of yelling, and you would move on with your day. But if somebody in America who spoke English said it to you on the street, it would ruin your day. And I go, I said, they both said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the, so the same thing just went down. Like, you just gave one more value because you understood it because whatever where i'm like on the internet when you see these comments like this should be another language to you like this they're not speaking what you speak like have you ever done that you know have you ever gotten some and then she admitted she did one time she hated a character on big brother so much that she (laughs) like joined a facebook group or some shit and i was like all right well there you go you see like you're you know she it's just like you know, I, I really, I think the big thing is like, we think sometimes when somebody says a hateful comment to us that like, they're sitting at home all day thinking about it too. Mm-hmm. So that's why we should. And then, but it's like, they're never fucking thinking about that right. shit. Like people who do that shit, they, da, 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 and then they go to their next video to spew their shit on there, you know, to be like, oh, you fucking suck too. Or like, well, whatever. Yeah. And occasionally, does it bother you? I've gotten a lot better, a lot better. Um, it used to, so my first exposure to it, I was on the Adam Carolla show for a number of years and that was like suddenly, cause before that I had done some TV stuff and I had, you know, done an internet show and, but it was like always at a certain level. Um, and then all of a sudden I was like in front of a much bigger audience on the Carolla show. So that was that was kind of a like trial by fire thing where I, over the course of the years there learned to not really learn. I went from it really bothering me to letting it roll off for the most part. I'd say I let, I let a lot of it roll off now, but there are comments that will get to me for sure. And I know it shouldn't, but it still does. Would it be dumb to share what bothers you now? Because then they could do it or do you Um, care? Well, I'll tell you one where I was like, I was like, why? It didn't, I wouldn't say it like bothered me, like made me feel bad, but it annoyed me enough that I responded. Um, which I, and I was sitting there going, like, why did this one bother me? Um, so on a recent Monday episode, I had my husband on the show and we were talking about, um, the homeless situation and, I said, I, you know, I, we were talking about 
homeless and how the term now is unhoused. Um, and then it's like we were talking about why, why is unhoused okay when homeless <laughs> isn't and like some thoughts on why like it is we were wondering is there something about the term unhoused that is actually different than homeless because they seem like synonyms but i think it's that the stigma of home like there's a stigma around the term homeless so it's just unhoused is you know blah 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 kind of going into it and really like it was not we weren't sharing a judgment about the term shift it was just questioning what it actually means you know and then this guy left this comment that's like um it was really hard to listen to urine daniel's woke off or woke fest but he spelled it w-o-k so first i'm like walk fest what are you talking about and then he said, it's hard to listen to urine daniel's walk fest about homelessness and i for some reason it just really like irritated me i think because it wasn't a woke off or a woke fest. It really was about the meaning of the words. So he misunderstood what we were talking about. And that's the thing that always like really annoys me. Kind of like what you were saying, Rob, about um, the like stupidity of some comments. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like you miss. That's not what we were talking about, though. So I just I just responded and I said, why is that? And he hasn't written back. But I was like, why did I choose to respond? Why did I let that bother me? Like I was, I was exercising um, when I got it. And like, I almost wanted to like get off the bike and go to my computer and respond. I'm like, why, what is going, why did I don't, and I don't even know the answer. So it's like kind of arbitrary, which ones will get to me, but it's usually when I feel like someone completely misinterpreted what I said. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, and I also think there's obviously like, I remember one time uh, my dad was visiting me and I hadn't, you know, now I'm like, I try and work out five days a week. You can't tell by looking at me, but, <laughs> but I, I do. You look pretty fit. Oh yeah. Thanks. Uh, but uh, yeah, so my dad was visiting me and I hadn't been to the gym in like six days. And I don't even remember what it was, if it was like a comment about something or whatever. And I remember I read it and I was like, I felt myself getting all like mm-hmm. fucking angry. And, th- and it took me two seconds to go. Oh, I haven't been to the gym in six days. Like, that's what, like, I don't care right. about what, I don't, I don't care about this fucking, and also I think it helps, like, I grew up in New York City. Everything that anyone, like, you know, we, we've had some episodes with, uh, you know, a quarter of a million people and all the bad things they could say about me. It's like, oh, my best friends have already said, that, you know, <laughs> I'm like, and I've said it about, like, I remember, uh, basically every time I do something, you know, I was talking, to somebody about this the other day. And it was like, in the beginning of relationships, people put on that like front, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, I want to, like he was saying that that's what people do. Like they want to be their best self and they're trying to like that. And I told him, I'm like, that's weird because physically I do that, right? Like I want to like, I'm not, I'm not going to eat sugar so that maybe I look better or like I'll, I'll, I'll do the tongue scraper and like <laughs> I put deodorant on right before I leave and cologne and like, right. I want to be so fresh. And then two months in, I'm like taking a hoodie out of the hamper and like throwing it on to go over. <laughs> but I think um, as far as like personality wise, like I, within 24 hours of talking to a girl, I, t- I tell her all the worst things about me. And I just, that's, 
And I don't know. I heard somebody say one time why, and it really clicked with me. And I forget if it's like a defense mechanism or you don't want them to find out about it. Mm -hmm. I I forget exactly what it was, but it it clicked. And I wish I remember. Is it um, testing them? Like, this is all the bad stuff around me. Will you stick around through it? I don't know because you don't know them, right? So, like, why should they even stick around? I think it's – um. Or maybe it's a thing of like, I'm beating you to the punch. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm not, I'm not going to be vulnerable for you to maybe say like, Hey, you, you, your, your tone gets out of line sometimes. Like with what, like I say, right. you know, like I meet a girl in like an hour and I'm like, Oh yeah, watch out for my tone. <laughs> you know, like it, it can be like, like sometimes I, I eat one meal a day. Like I do that. Mm-hmm. Like people say intermittent fasting, but like I've, I've always just done that. And, uh, like, so sometime around four o'clock, like you'll get out, like somebody will be like, oh, are you hungry? I'll be like, I'm fucking starving. And then like, they're, they're always like, oh, oh, okay. Like they think that like, we have to hurry up and go eat. And I'm yeah. like, no, that's just me telling you. That's my way of saying, yeah, I'm hungry too. Like, you know, <laughs> I just, there are, there are times where like, whether it's being from New York or always being around my friends and we were all loud and like, mm-hmm. and, and yelling and this, that like, th- there's times where I don't realize the emotion I'm putting behind something at all. And I think a big part of like, you know, fixing that or even dealing with that is now that I'm just aware of it, you mm-hmm. know, where before when I was like 23, I had no idea that sometimes I was so you were coming like, off. Yeah. Where now, like I know. So when people say that to me, I'm not like, no, you do this, you know, right. like I'm like, oh, I probably was, you know, like, right. yeah, I was, I was probably being a little, uh, intense there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of intense, do you need to tell anyone to go fuck themselves in a segment we call Hey, Go Fuck Yourself? Yeah. Um, so listen, I, I'm, especially at this point, like if people don't want to wear masks, I'm fine. I respect that. If people want to wear masks, I respect that. If you wear a mask and pull it down to speak and then put it back up, <laughs> you are a fucking idiot. <laughs> you are just a fuck. And I don't mean like, one time you did that, then I'm a fucking idiot. I, I, because I go to the casino a lot to play poker, I see people who, when they're quiet, they leave their mask on. And then as soon as they have to say something, they pull it off. They go, uh, yeah, how much did he bet? And then they put their mask back on. And I go, what do you think the mask is? is? Like, yeah. what are, what are, and that, Again, that's one of those things like the comment where I'm like, this person is so stupid. I don't want to be at the table with them because – and again, it's not like if somebody's like, what? And, and you pull it down because they can't hear you. I get it. Like sometimes you mm-hmm. have to pull your mask down. But there are people who every word before they say it, they think like, let me pull my mask down. That shit drives me nuts. Oh, hey, people who pull their mask down every time they speak. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Perfect. Told them off. Um, yeah. <clears throat> do you happen to have a just me or everyone? Uh, yeah. So that's basically my whole life. Okay. So is it just <laughs> perfect? Perfect. Okay. Hang yeah. on. Cause we have a song. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay. Let's hear you. Just me or everyone. Uh, I think I, I can't sleep at night when I watch a reality show and I see people come home from flying on an airplane and get right in their bed or put their suitcase right on their bed <laughs> or 
are wearing their shoes and they jump in bed. And I go, Ooh, that is insane. Like if I'm dating a girl and she puts her suitcase on the bed after coming home from like a trip, my mind explodes. Like I just can't. And it's not like I get angry. I, I'm just like, how, how is, does everyone not think this is gross? And then people go, Oh yeah. Like what, what why, like, why is that a thing? Mm. I just find it like it was in the luggage thing with everybody else's luggage. It was in the back of the cab. It was in the, they're like, who knows where it was then? It was in the hotel thing. Then they took like, it's so the fucking wheels were literally just did like 30 miles through this trip of just everywhere <laughs> through. And then like, the, but and it's the same when people like, I remember watching the Jersey shore back in the day and Snooki would go to work in her slippers and then mm-hmm. she would come home, jump in bed and go to sleep. And I like, it's, it's worse for me than like seeing like when people are like, Oh, when I see someone throw up, I feel like I need to throw up. When I see somebody get in their bed <laughs> with dirty slippers on, I can't like, I don't even want to go get in my bed. <laughs> Because I think my bed's dirty now. Like, I, it, it really does. It fucking yeah. drives me nuts. I, oh, that's a good one. I don't have that one so much. Although, because I will, I, I never put wear shoes or slippers into bed. But I will put my suitcase on the bed to unpack it. I really shouldn't. I, I mean, I, now I, I will think about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are certain people who won't even sit on their bed in even if the bed's made they won't even sit on it in outdoor clothes is that like you hi (laughs) yeah that's me big time yeah and and girls always think it's a move you know oh like like, we only get in bed naked like that or something yeah like i'm like no no no. we can't you know (laughs) we don't go from the uber back to my place to the bed with our clothes on like i'm like that's just i and but i'm not like that with like my couch or like Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, whatever. I don't care what happens out here. But like just there's something about when I go to sleep, I like the like white sheets, white pillowcases. I want to – I just want it to be like a clean place. So do you make your bed every day? Every day. So once you make your bed, you ne- you don't ever sit on it or set anything on it or anything like that? No. Not unless I'm in the same, like I just sleep in a pair of like bamboo shorts. Like they're Mm -hmm. basically like wearing nothing. And if I'm like still in those, if I needed to sit on the bed for something, I would. But really, no, I never, I barely even go into my bedroom once I. (laughs) Okay. Do you ever take naps? Oh, well, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, opiates on the couch, but that was the old you. Yeah, that was the old me. But I, but back then I didn't care about any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It was all once I got sober, I was like, cause you, you're like. You're you're turning the dimmer down on everything, you know? Yeah. Like when you take 15 Percocets, like somebody could walk on you with their sneakers and you're like, oh, okay. You know, they roll their luggage up your face. You're just like, all right. You're like, yeah, uh-huh. Everything's, everything's great. <laughs> Tony, what about you? I yeah, I've never really thought about it. I definitely <laughs> will throw my suitcase on the, on the bed with uh, no, no thought whatsoever. Um, I, when you first started all that, I thought when you said something about like get home from a, the airport and just get in bed, I thought you were going for the like you need to like wind down for a while once you get home because that I was going to identify with. But the uh, stuff on the bed, no, I'll I'll kind of put. I mean, not anything on the bed, but more or <laughs> <Yeah>. less. <laughs> 
Yeah, sometimes I'll set my purse on the bed and then I quickly flash through all the places my purse bottom has been and then I think, this is pretty disgusting. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't handle when girls do that. But you know what else? When I first heard that statistic, uh, I remember it was a big thing like for like a month when it was like, they find out the bottom of woman's purse, a woman's purse is dirtier than... And it was like all this stuff, like a toilet seat at the at a, a giant stadium and like all this stuff that the bacteria they find. But I thought they meant the bottom of the inside of the bag. And I was like, I was like, what are women doing? Like, And it was like, every woman's purse has this. And I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? It took me like, it was a very dumb thought of mine. But then after a while, I realized like, I remember like putting something down one time and it all clicked, you know, it was like a movie where I was like, Oh, the bottom of the bag. Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. yeah, that makes, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> what, what is, uh, what do you, what are your best? Like, is it just me or everyone's or some of the best that you think you've heard in the past? Oh gosh. Well, the segment started, uh, because I was, so I lived in New York for a period of time. Uh, I was in Brooklyn and I was walking, in my neighborhood and I heard a fire truck go by and I thought, I wonder if it's headed to my apartment. I wonder if my apartment's on fire. And then I thought every time I hear a fire truck, I have that thought. Is that everyone or is that me? Because I'm neurotic. Um, so that was the initial one. Uh, and then some of the early ones that uh, regulars on the show would have was like I'll I, like riding on the subway. Sometimes I'll put on headphones, but I'm not listening to anything. But it's just so I can eavesdrop. Like that one's pretty common. One that I think of often um, that was not mine. Someone sent it in, but I do do this. When you're at a restaurant, you figure out what you want, and then you close the menu, and then the server comes by, and you have to open the menu again. Mm, yeah. Right, or even more so when That's I'm like at a restaurant. And I'm looking at the menu and I'm just like meeting new people and everything. I'm really not looking for what I'm going to eat. Yes. Like I'm just looking at the words on the menu. Like I don't, I don't even. Yeah. There's usually I find in that situation there has to be a like, okay, let's figure out what we want to order. Like a cease conversation. I'm the same way because I can't like I can't multitask. Okay. Let's just do a couple of the just mirror everyone's that people sent in. Um, and I take just mirror everyone's on Twitter. If you have one, you would like to submit, uh, tweet it to at ARIYNBF. Uh, okay. Phil Scroggs. Oh, sorry. Tweet it to at ARIYNBF and use the hashtag JMO, J-M-O-E, just me or everyone. Phil Scroggs says, I have a box of toothpicks in my kitchen junk drawer that is so old. I can't remember how long I've had it. Um, Yes. Did toothpicks really have a moment in the 80s or something? And that's when everyone acquired them and they've just been sitting there ever since? Because my parents definitely have ancient toothpicks in their drawer too. Yeah, my grandfather, uh, he passed away. But I was going to say he couldn't live without toothpicks. Like he couldn't get through a single day. And I think he would decide if he liked a restaurant we went to by when you're walking out, if there was a little thing of toothpicks to take for free. And he'd be like, that place was good. And I'd be like, what do you mean? The food sucked. He's like, I got 87 toothpicks when we walked out, you know? But he, one time we went, and this is like classic pop, my grandpa. We are eating Thanksgiving dinner, uh, time for coffee and somebody got coffee. He didn't, but they brought out the like, the thing that holds all the sugar in it was like the sugar in the raw equal, you know, whatever, sweet and low. 
and he's talking totally casual Thanksgiving, like reaches into the sugar. He grabs one of the sugar in the raw, the brown ones. Mm -hmm. He folds it up and he starts picking his teeth (laughs) at the dinner table with it. He's there's like turkey grizzle, like coming out on this thing. There's like stains on everything. We're all looking around going like, oh, my God, like pop is so nuts. And he takes the sugar and puts it back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> into the thing. And I, I would always let my pop just do whatever. But that was one time where I yelled at him. I'm like, pop, there because we would go early for, for him to eat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, someone's coming in here after us and you're going to ruin their Thanksgiving dinner. Like they're going to take that out of the thing and there's going to be like gizzards, you know, on the fucking sugar in the raw. And he, and he would tell me – he would say things like – one time my sister caught him brushing his teeth with the hand soap. And when she said something to him, he said, it's all the same. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that was his answer to like everything. Like, like, like you're putting the sugar back. He's like, ah, it's all the same. Like, you know. That is amazingly <laughs> gross. And yet it seems like. He- <laughs> and yet brushing his teeth with hand soap, like he was interested in hygiene. Oh yeah, just he was he was like a real uh he did some of the crazy shit. Like he was like a guy in the army, so like he really knew how to rough it, but then I remember like he wouldn't shave unless he put the shaving cream in a pot first on the stove oh. with oh. water. Yeah, and made it uh warm, but he would he would get the pot boiling and then he would take the shaving cream canister and put that in the pot and as he got older there were all these marks on his ceiling from when he would forget that he was boiling the shaving cream in the pot and he would just go like watch the yankee game and next thing you know there was like an explosion (laughs) there were all these like yellow gross stains in his kitchen from all of the the shaving cream and he was just he was nuts yeah is that a just me or every pop? Like, has any, have you ever heard, Tony, or have you ever heard of someone heating up shaving cream? Rob, do you <laughs> no. know anyone else who ever does this? Never. So I always thought it was insane and unique to my grandpa. But then I remember like on, being on a plane one time and you, you look through that catalog and there was a thing in there that was like, oh, shaving cream warmer. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And I'm like, so I guess some people do. I think they do that in like the old school barber shops where they use that like straight razor. Right. And I I'm think sure he would- wanted. I'm sure it would feel good. Oh, yeah. That was, I think that was like the one fancy thing he did in mm-hmm. his life. Like, he would make beef stew and throw like a whole uh, London broil in there. Like, he wouldn't even cut it up. And, but like, somehow he needed warm shaving cream. Right. I, I don't know. I can't explain <laughs> it. Um, Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so nice talking to you. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. You're just going to have to come back, <laughs> is all there is. Of course. Because there's so much more to talk about with you. Um, Reminder to everyone, if you would like to see how fit Rob is, I'm trying to think of, of other visual, oh, and his back, his Zoom background, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen is where you can see this episode. Um, also, I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. All sorts of bonus stuff there. Um, bonus weekly episodes, Zoom parties. There's a level where you can text me and I'll text you back. You can submit questions, which I have questions and we didn't get to them today. So, I suck in that regard, but you can submit questions, which we usually get to. You can submit carbs that I call people on the Thursday show, um, all sorts of fun stuff. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Also, I am on Cameo. And also, if you like what you're hearing, please make sure that you're subscribed or you're following the show in whatever app you listen to. Um, please leave us a nice comment on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. Tell your friends, etc. Rob, um, tell people where they can find you. Plug anything you'd like to plug. 
Yeah, I just I have a podcast. It's called Pajama Pants. That's it. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're on. Uh, I think that's it too. We're uh, Apple. Yeah, where you could anywhere yeah. you listen to uh, podcasts, and it's uh, I think just Pajama Pants or Pajama Pants Podcast anywhere. Awesome, um, Tony. What about you? Uh, just Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton, and uh, my podcast Bizarre Albums every Tuesday. All right. Thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for listening. You matter. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time.